Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation Game Day here in Syracuse. We are brought to you in part by Duntire 315-437-7644 is the number. Lots to get to in the show. Certainly going to talk a lot of Syracuse Clemson today. We have the voice of the Tigers, Don Munson, set to join us here in about 20 minutes. And as we do every Friday, Kevin Todd, our Vegas insider, uh, to talk college football and NFL football. We'll get his predictions and my predictions, I guess, for what it's worth, uh, coming up in hour number two at 1.15. Uh, we have to start, though, Seth. We're going to get to Syracuse Clemson. You lied to me on the show yesterday. You said that today the NCAA would hand down their sanctions against the North Carolina basketball slash football program. I was wrong. You were very wrong. They just announced their findings because there are no sanctions because the NCAA is terrible. There are no sanctions. Because the NCAA is a terrible spineless organization. This is from the NCAA's report that was handed out today, and I'm quoting right off the top. This is what it says. A Division I Committee on Infractions hearing panel could not conclude that the University of North Carolina violated NCAA academic rules when it made available deficient Department of African and Afro-American Studies quote-unquote paper courses to the general student body including student athletes. So what does basically, that mean? So what, basically, yes. as long as you give it to everybody. So Louisville should have given strippers to everyone at the university, and they wouldn't have gotten in trouble. That's essentially what the NCAA, not the stripper part, but the, what the That's NCAA essentially is what essentially said. saying is, like you mentioned, Seth, that because this was open to the general student body, and while half of the 3,100 students that took these classes were athletes, even though half of them were, half of them weren't. And so it is not, therefore, considered an impermissible benefit. And UNC, they gave fake classes for 18 years. A lot of students took these classes. Nothing's going to happen from an NCAA perspective. So, Steve, if we pay a large group of regular students, can we also pay a large group of student-athletes? Here's the thing, and this is why I think it's different. Well, there are a lot of reasons why it's different from Louisville. Okay, so Louisville broke the law, as, as we oh, know. Oh, no, I, I wasn't even talking about no, that. I, know. I was just saying I, in general. I know you're talking about paying for players, but you, since you brought up the quote-unquote recruiting parties, bas- members of the basketball staff were involved in that. Sure. And the NCAA could not prove that members of the basketball staff were involved with this. Right. That it was it was part of it was it was the schools doing. It was the the academic department. And so while it's frowned upon, and as you pointed out, Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, who was in in charge of this, who led the panel, he he said a little while ago, we don't condone this. We don't condone this. Something went on. But it's it's out of our jurisdiction. There's nothing we can do. It's an academic related thing. And so I know that Syracuse fans are looking at this saying, It's man. basically their job to to do this, to to look at academic issues, in my mind. And, and uh, they are, you know, when, when sports teams are involved, when 
university athletics are involved. It's their job to look into academics, and they did it here, and they found one paper and, and some failed drug tests that didn't align with the university uh, policy, and Syracuse got you know the postseason ban that they put on themselves. They got a reduction of scholarships. They got probation for five years. Uh, they got How about vacated wins, something wins a vacated for the head coach and a suspension for the head coach. Uh, let right. Me, Seth, and, let me step in one second. Let me let me read this one line and and it, explain it to me how they can say this in the Carolina case and they can't say it in the Syracuse case. And I think I know the answer, but it it's not clear immediately. This is from the NCAA report today. Quote: The NCAA's policy is clear. The NCAA defers to its member schools to determine whether academic fraud occurred, and ultimately the panel is bound to making decisions within the rules set by the membership. So essentially it's saying that we don't get involved in matters of academics. Except they did. Yet at Syracuse they did. And and I believe that the distinction and the, and the difference is that a basketball staff member was involved. I think that I think is why that's the difference. there was a difference and why they came down on Syracuse and didn't come down on North Carolina. But you're telling me that one paper that was, again, allegedly written by a member of the basketball staff rises to the level of a nine-game suspension, 100-plus wins vacated, it's scholarship insane. reductions, and this 18 years, Seth, 18 years of right. fake classes, Gets and there's nothing. nothing the NCAA can do. Yeah, it's it's a joke. And, and look, here here's what I think needs to come out of this and, and what bothers me, I guess, most here. Uh, it's time to legitimately talk about the NCAA, right? It's it's time to get past the talk on the internet. It's time to get past, you know, talk on Twitter and conjecture. It's time to legitimately talk about the purpose of the NCAA. Because if you're going to go after academics sometimes and not other times, and if you're going to go after certain, you know, s- certain, you know, sex scandals like at Penn State but not at Baylor, you know, like what what's your purpose, right? What is the point of you as the NCAA? Like, what is the point of having you if you will go after academics one time but not another? If you'll go after, you know, impermissible benefits one time and not the next? Like, let's find out what the purpose of you is and let's figure that out so that we can make this thing better and work and, and work uh as just a better functioning uh, system, and you know what, it, it it's it's time to talk about this between the FBI investigation and the toothless committee that they put together just yesterday to investigate what the FBI is investigating, and then the NC, the UNC stuff coming out today. The NC the NCAA doesn't look good and is really proving um, its uselessness. Right? I mean, I mean, there's no purpose in having this thing around if they're going to be inconsistent and toothless and spineless. I will say this. Syracuse fans are upset, and I, and I totally understand why, uh, and saying that it's, it's not fair. And that's what a fan's job is to do, right? To obviously protect its programs and, you know, why is this happening to us but not to someone else? I was watching ESPN's coverage of this a short time ago, and, and Jeff Goodman said this on the air, that he was getting text messages from coaches saying if this was North Carolina Central or UNC Asheville or UNC Wilmington, are you telling me that the same thing would happen as is happening in North Carolina? And I'm not naive. Like I understand the NCAA wasn't going to bring the hammer down on North Carolina. I I get that. But there is a big difference wasn't between it, bringing the hammer down and completely ignoring what went on for 18 years. Wasn't it Jerry Tarkanian who said Kentucky's under investigation, so Eastern Kentucky better watch out? 
You know, like it's and it's that idea. And and I know this is to a lesser extent, but the UNC news comes out today, and an NC State player was ruled ineligible. That's amusing. <laughs> you know, like, coincidence, it? but it's, it's amusing. Coincidence, but it's it's just funny. Like that's how the NCAA works. Where at this point you have no idea. There's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't make sense. Um, again, I think that we just have we have to take a long, hard look at the NCAA. Uh, given everything that's going on. And the other thing that this UNC investigation makes me, uh, I don't know if happy is the right word, but glad to see, at least the FBI is investigating something because the it's pretty clear that the NCAA <laughs> wouldn't be able to do anything about the, the, the shoe thing and the Adidas thing. And hey, the FBI is looking into it. We might actually get some answer and resolution and see how far this goes and see how deep this thing goes. Uh, because I, I have no faith that the NCAA would get us anything by 2027, let alone, you know, ever. You know what, what I think one byproduct of this is, Seth, that basically the NCAA set a precedent today, in my opinion, that fake classes are okay as long as everyone can benefit from them. And and what's to say that moving forward, you know, basketball players slash football players at D one schools across the country aren't going to be. And this probably goes on anyway, I guess. Oh, sure. But today it was it was almost as if the NCAA said that that's okay. You could set up these easy A's. You know, it's these classes were supposedly lecture classes that didn't meet. There were not lectures involved, and there was you know maybe a paper or two that was due, and everybody would get A's in the class. And the NCAA is basically saying it's frowned upon. We don't condone it, but you know what? It's it's okay. There's nothing we can do. And you're telling me that that programs across the country aren't going to be like okay. As NCAA long as we said it's fine. So as long as we open it to everybody, it to and Seth and Steve and Max can take the same class that you know anybody on the basketball team can take. Who cares? As long as as long as we make sure that for every basketball player in class we have we have one just a regular average student who cares and it probably doesn't even have to be fifty fifty I mean you could hand pick well registration's closed we have twenty eight athletes in this class two two non athletes but we're good to we're go we're good yeah I just think it 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 sends a horrible precedent sets a horrible precedent sends a horrible message um, around the country and again to me this isn't about what's you know it's it's fair or not fair to to Syracuse I mean that's over and done with it is but again big difference in my mind between dropping the hammer and just ignoring it. letting North Carolina off the right. hook in in every way shape and form with this 315-437-7644 love to hear uh, from you on this topic and of course uh, the number two ranked team in the country happens to be in town today Clemson the defending national champs uh, from Clemson here to visit the Orange and uh, we're going to talk about obviously this matchup throughout the show you and I will be up uh, at the quad for pregame coverage from 6 until 645 leading up to the 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN uh, I found it interesting. We're going to have Don Munson on here uh, momentarily, the play-by-play man of the Tigers. I found it interesting that he told Matt Park the other day, and we'll get his thoughts on this, Dabo Sweeney does not do walk-arounds in opposing cities except for this one. He actually yeah. took his team to the carry dome. They looked around before going to the team hotel. I found that interesting. We'll get Don Munson's thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. The other one that I, I, I heard um, throughout the week was, Dabo doesn't walk into opposing stadiums with his teams except here, which I, I find odd. Uh, you wonder, is, the, is that just like, oh, I've only been here once? <laughs> you know, like, I've only been here once or twice. Uh, I, I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, but again, again I just find it interesting. 
Uh, let's get one phone call in before we get to Don Munson. Uh, John in Syracuse up first today on Orange Nation. Hey, John. How are you doing? Good. You know, I told you, I called in three or four years ago and told you that nothing would happen in North Carolina when this came out, and everybody thought I was crazy. They're not going to do anything to a blue blood. I mean, Louisville, that's a different story. With the stuff they did, you had to do something. But a school like Carolina, they're going to overlook, especially when you're mixing students with regular students in the class. They have a way out that way. And this does not surprise me one iota. I, this, I knew this was coming. All right, John. I appreciate checking in. We we've got to get to uh, to Don Munson. I, and I've heard that narrative quite a bit today, uh, Seth. That people I say disagree. they're not surprised. I am surprised again. Not yeah. surprised that you know North Carolina didn't have to vacate two national titles. I'm I surprised that, that nothing I, happened. Right. I did. And and again, you hear the the national analysts talking about this. I don't think anyone thought that nothing was a right. was a possibility. Scholarship loss, suspension for Roy Williams, vacated wins. I didn't again. I didn't expect banners to come down. I really didn't because the NCAA has never done that. Doesn't want to do that. Um, I did expect something. I, I expected something. Scholarship loss, uh, a, a, a suspension for Roy Williams. Anything, anything, and uh, we did not that. And, and I guess again, that's what surprised me. Um, and again, I'll, I'll say it again. If this if this week here, two weeks, doesn't prompt some legitimate discussion about the NCAA, that's never happening, right? If if not now, it will never happen. You lied to me yesterday. I did. You said sanctions were coming. I didn't see sanctions today. I did. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll bring on the voice of the Clemson Tigers, Don Munson. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. Underway on ESPN Radio. We are literally six hours from, like, exactly six hours from kickoff yes. between Syracuse and the defending national champs from Clemson inside the dome. Phone lines open. Uh, most of this hour, we do have our Vegas insider Kevin Todd set to join you, us in uh, the next segment. You did not have a good week. I did not. And you know what? I, I realized my problem. I've got a lot of problems, but I realized my one big problem <laughs> with this Vegas thing is that. Um, I do my picks during the show, like during that break. I'm like, oh, I got to do my picks, and and maybe you that's put a little bit the, more time into maybe it. Maybe that's not the best idea. So that might have. I mean, something you also picked Syracuse with my success rate. You also picked Syracuse. Yeah, whatever I say with Syracuse, just do the opposite. You also picked the Giants. Yeah, bad idea. Yeah, really bad idea. Um, yeah, I didn't know that they were going to have like their whole receiving core like go here's down a, with season-ending injuries. Here's an idea for this week: pick against the Giants. What's the line? I don't know. Because I'm good with the picking the result. Like, I've been good with Syracuse other than the Middle Tennessee State game. Picking the result. I'm, I'm not doing so well picking the result with the spread. Mm. 
That's a problem, and that's where the Vegas thing yeah, comes in. That's where the Vegas thing comes in. Yeah. So I'll look to bounce back this week. We'll get to those picks in about ten minutes from now. Uh, back to the phone lines we go, though. Dave in Syracuse, up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, uh, real quick. Um, I just came out for lunch. I'm just trying to find out. So nothing happened in North Carolina. <laughs> no, nothing. I, I mean, you can't believe it. I can't believe it. Seth can't believe it. But that is correct. The NCAA I, basically said because the fake classes. We were open to anyone on campus, not just athletes, but also just regular students, that it was not considered an impermissible benefit, and therefore it's up to the school to deal with. They need to determine whether or not it was academic fraud, not the NCAA, and so therefore no sanctions. Okay, so let me ask you this. So if all the infractions that were held against Syracuse and, and all the things that Syracuse quote-unquote did wrong, if they opened it up and did papers for all the student body at that time, would that have been okay? Would See, that, the, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Would, they, would it have been okay if they were doing paper for just a student who was just a regular student? My understanding, Dave, the difference is that a basketball staff member was involved in the Syracuse thing and that there was no connection to the basketball slash football team with this other than the, the football players and basketball players were taking the class. But it was set up by the university. It was very much an academic thing. I, I understand where you're coming from because it uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But but that that's what I think the difference is, is that a basketball staff member was implicated in the Fab Mellow thing and that isn't necessarily the case with with North Carolina. Oh, um, and that's correct. Yeah. I do remember that. But I, what did they say? And what about just there's no lack of institutional control as it, as it was in Syracuse? Obviously not. No. no. They basically I, said if again I'm I'm dumbing it down here, but they basically said right, if the school wants to have fake classes, that's not for us to tell the school they can't have fake classes as long as everyone can benefit. I mean that that's essentially I, what they said. I I. I, I uh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get some <laughs> clarification because we were talking about it as we were walking out because somebody heard it on the radio and I said, you've got to be kidding me that they didn't get a thing for that. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dave, it's a, you raise several very good questions. We don't have uh, great answers, but uh, but that is what happened today. Can I share a phenomenal quote from Greg Sankey, the uh, Committee on Infractions person? Go ahead. Uh, Andrew Carter from the News and Observer passes this along. Uh, he said, he tweets, he asked Sankey what's to stop any university from doing similar. Quote, I doubt any university wants to go through what UNC did. Oh, yeah, it was awful. I mean, who who would want to win a couple national titles and some Final Fours and then not get in any trouble for fake classes? Who could possibly want to do that? That So that's what's going to keep other, other universities from doing this? Oh, we might have to talk to the NCAA. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen at the end, but oh, we might have to go through that. It's frustrating. I listen. I feel Dave's pain. I feel the pain of of SU fans that that don't you know don't get it. I I don't quite understand it as well. And and we again we've heard the narrative throughout the day, Seth, that you know people expected this. I did not expect this. I I expected something. I didn't expect banners to come down. I didn't expect you know national titles to be vacated. I did expect something. And North Carolina got nothing. 18 years. 18 years of fake classes. It's Half incredible. of the kids who took these classes were athletes and nothing. It's incredible. I, it's mind-blowing. I, I can't understand this. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. Kind of like Dave. Like He was just kind of like stammering there like, at the end. Oh, he was like, okay. what? Uh, yeah. oh, oh. I mean, that's, that's, that's how kind I of feel. been my thought exactly, since, I, since I opened up Twitter this morning and, and read everything. My thoughts have been like... Huh? What? How? Why? What? 
It's huh? the last time I listened to you say something about the NCAA. You promised me sanctions yesterday. I did not I'm get sorry. sanctions. I, I apologize. This is on you. Bad prediction. My I, fault? I had a bad week last week with my, my Vegas picks. You you This is worse because you, you predicted I was expecting sanctions. What is harder to pick? What is harder to pick? Three football games against the spread or what the NCAA will do? Apparently, they're both very difficult to pick based on my record a week ago. <laughs> Extremely difficult to pick. Uh, we're going to find out you know uh, what? in the next I, couple of days if I, I get any say, better at it. I can't say I agree with you because Kevin Todd did pretty good last week. He did. We're, we're pretty close, though. As bad as I was, we're, uh, was he 2-1 and one or 3-0 last he's week? He's 3-0. Oh, okay. Then he's pulled ahead. <laughs> he's, he's pulling away. He's No, he's not pulling away. A bit, yeah, a I bit. was ahead going into last week. You were. So, so he's not pulling away. Okay. I mean, okay. he, he pulled ahead, you could say. Pulled ahead. If, if we have another three-game swing this weekend, then you could say pull, pull okay. away. Uh, give me a chance to redeem myself. We'll do that next. I, I still have to finish up my picks. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you that, haven't done them yet. I'm not done. I'm not. I need. Remember, I need this pick, commercial break. Pick against the Giants. All right. I will look into that. I, I can't guarantee it. I will look into that. I'll reveal my picks. I know everybody's waiting for that. I'll reveal my picks on the other <laughs> side. Kevin Todd joins us after this. Keep it here. We'll be right back. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth with you for another half hour or so on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Matt Park coming away from 2 until 3. Daniel Baldwin from 3 until 4. Then Brent Axe will take you up until 6 o'clock. Then Seth and I will rejoin you from 6 until 6.45 up on the quad kickoff set for 7 o'clock. So lots of SU Clemson football talk over the course of the next five and a half hours. Time now, though, to get to today's business. Brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. And for that... We bring in our producer, Max. What's up, Max? Happy game day. Happy game day, guys. Happy game day. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott's suspension officially upheld by the league and by the court system. Uh, Where does this leave the Cowboys as far as finishing in the NFC East? Eagles are good, Seth. They are. I know that you've been hesitant to give them credit. Uh, I was going to come in today and say they won a game against a team that had as many wins as all the four teams they had beaten this season, and I, I will give them That's the credit that they deserve. That's a backhanded compliment. That is a very backhanded no, compliment. No, I know, but what I'm I'll saying is... I'll take what I can I get was, from Seth, but I that's a not, very backhanded compliment. But my point being that last week I wasn't giving them the credit they, that, that you thought they deserved because the four teams they had beaten had five total wins. They beat a team that I think is pretty good and has looked really good the last couple of weeks, and you have to give them credit and... You know, they, they are looking like a, a, a good team this year. That was better. Thank you. Uh, where does it leave them? I think the Eagles are good. Um, the Giants are not. No. The Redskins are somewhere in the middle. And I think that leaves the Cowboys as the second best team in the division right now. Um, I, I'll give the Eagles the edge where we stand right now. If there's no Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, can Dak Prescott yeah. beat you with his arm, beat you through the air? I mean, you, you go to Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden in that backfield. Does that really scare you, though? Now, no, I that's what know. I'm saying. I, I think I would, right. at this point, if if Ezekiel Elliott ends up serving a six-game suspension, which, again, it's not a done deal. I mean, this thing's Especially still going to play a week out and a half court. until they play. Right. They're, they're, they're on a bye this week. You know, this... I don't think we've heard the last of this. Let's put it that way. So if he does end up serving a six-game suspension, advantage Eagles. Yeah, I, I think that the Eagles right now are the team to beat in the division. I, like you said, the the Giants are not good. Uh, the Redskins are somewhere in between, and I think that the Eagle and I think that the Cowboys realistically are somewhere in between the the Redskins and the Giants. Um, 
especially without Zeke Elliott, I, I should say, I'm not sold that Dak can beat you without that running attack. I, I'm just I'm not sold that without Ezekiel Elliott behind him, Dak can beat you. Because we've seen earlier this year when, when Zeke had bad games, they couldn't win. So I, I'm not sold that they'll do it without What him. about overall playoff picture if they sneak in somehow? I, I don't think that they will. You don't think that they will without no. Zeke at all? No I shot? Think that, I think that missing... Well, given what they've done with him, I think that now having six weeks without him, I don't think that they'll be able I, to I'll get in. I'll say this, um, and we have we go through the exercise every week where we, you know, top five, bottom five, and outside of, like, Kansas City, I, you know, I have trouble with two through five. There is so much parody slash mediocrity in the NFL that is it possible Dallas could get a wild card? Yeah. It, I mean, it's it is it's possible. I mean, it's a week to week league. It is. Yeah. It is such a week to week league where you know the Lions. Okay, the Lions are legit good. Oh no, they're not. You know, or it's three weeks from now the right. Eagles could not be the best team in the NFC. You know, sure, what I mean? like, right. So is it possible the, the Cowboys could get in and they could reinvent themselves? And I I, I suppose it, it's possible. So I'm not going to write off the Cowboys with a wild card spot. Um, but they're not the favorite in the division anymore if Zeke sits out those six games. Right. It's a big six games to miss, too, right in the middle of the season. Um, anyway, to the NBA, Michael Jordan calls super teams garbage, says there will only be one or two great teams. How do you feel about these comments? Um, now, if they were coming from Michael Jordan, former NBA player, fine, whatever, take him with a grain of salt. And, you know, hey, he's probably, he, he might be right. Coming from NBA team owner Michael Jordan of not one of the super teams, I, I do kind of have an issue with it, like, like, how do you think his guys feel right. about him saying this? Right. Like, I, I don't think that's a good thing for an owner to be coming out and saying. And I know that Michael Jordan's in an interesting position because nobody cares what Joe Lacob has to say. And nobody cares what James Dolan has to say. And nobody cares what the Sixers owner has to say, whose name I don't know. Uh, but they care what Michael Jordan has to say because he's arguably the greatest player of all time. So he's in an interesting position. Um, I just I don't think that's a good thing for a current team owner to be saying. I could do without the term garbage, uh, but the premise of what he's saying is spot on. And we've talked about this, you know, over the course of the last couple of years that, you know, you go into any given season and there he's right. There there are legitimately four teams, maybe five teams that have a chance to win an NBA title next year. I mean, you can you can lay it out going into this next season right now. It's Celtics. It's Cavs. It's certainly Warriors. It's probably Thunder and Rockets, maybe, maybe. Any dark horses like the T Wolves? No, anything? no. I mean, no like, shot. to make a run and like to be fun to watch. And but but NBA title? No. Like, no. are the T Wolves going to be good? And you know, maybe like a four seed in the West, five seed in the West, maybe. But do they have a chance to dethrone the Warriors in a seven game series? No, no I can see them not. beating the Rockets, but not the Warriors. No, no and, and so in all honesty, there are three teams that have a chance if push comes to shove. It's the Warriors, and it's you know the Cavs slash Celtics. It's whoever comes out of the East. Those three teams have a chance, right? And and other than that, like there are only degrees of long shots, right? I mean, it just kind of makes there's only degrees almost, of decent after that, right? And that makes the regular season just feel so obsolete because you obviously know who the best teams are going to be. It's like, can we just can we just fast forward and skip? And that's unfortunate. Like, so, games? Like, so again, I could do without the everybody else's garbage. Like I could do without that phrase. But the premise of what he's saying is is spot on. Whose ratings will end up worse though, the NBA because of this or the NFL? 
Do you think the NBA might dip below no. the NFL? Or? The NBA is already the below the like, NFL like, because yeah. the NFL is a once a week thing and it's a phenomenon and it's a but it's an event. And the regular season is seventeen weeks right. opposed to eighty-two games, and they have constantly trended downward it, for the yeah, last but, two three years. But any show on TV would take a five percent drop in a heartbeat compared to what they take. Like if you look at any sitcom during the week, it's down a lot more than five percent. Okay. I am more interested in the NBA in terms of the the, the players and like the individuals than like yeah, I don't the watch, drama like Seth said the other day when we were talking about Kyrie Irving and I, I don't watch so much the NFL yeah. for the stars. I watch the NFL for, the for my team, the Bills, right. and for my fantasy team. Right. But for the NBA, like I'll watch, you know, if LeBron's playing I'm watching, or if Melo's playing, or Dion's playing. Like I watch for the individuals. I don't do that necessarily with the NFL. I agree with you 100. percent I will stay up and watch a game if it's the Warriors. I'm not if watching the Falcons because Julio Jones no, is out there. No, but if there's a 10 o'clock game on a Tuesday night and it's the Warriors, I'll stay up until one o'clock my, in the morning. My watching. son will make it a point to watch Lonzo exactly. Ball with the late. Yes. Like he loves oh. Lonzo Ball. Yes, I can't stand Lonzo. Ball. I'll, but I'll do the same. But I'll do the same thing. With with basketball, if there's a guy on a late game that I want to watch, like I'll make a point to stay up and watch. Same thing with college basketball, or to an extent. To an extent. To an extent, yeah. Do you more watch I, college basketball watched, for the team? Or I stayed. For... Up, I stayed up last year to watch Lonzo Ball. Oh sure, I mean he was great to watch in yeah. college. Yeah, I did it a couple times myself. But I'm saying like, did you stay up to watch Lonzo I, I Ball, watched, or like I, would you stay up to watch UCLA? Like as a North, like take North Carolina. Like would you stay up? To watch like Marcus Page, or would you stay up to watch North Carolina? Doesn't it depend on the team? Like, is Marcus Page a star worthy enough to like have but a point in like, like, that, 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 that North Carolina was, team played so well together, it made them fun to watch. Like, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, and and so it's a, it's also a question about the Warriors. I didn't say I stay up to watch Steph Curry. I said right. I stay up to watch the Warriors. Well, you, you also know? stay up to watch Kevin Durant. No, and but Clay Thompson. but isn't it the same kind? Like, it, it's the same kind of idea. Like the way that teams play together makes it more interesting. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm a college basketball fan, so I'll stay up to watch Pepperdine against St. Mary's just because it's on. <laughs> like I, I will. Uh, it's not about the stars or the the certain teams. I just I love college basketball. Um, I don't love the NBA inherently. Like I I just yeah, I don't. I'm with you on that um, one. So I'll I watch for the players with the NBA. Um, but for college basketball, I'll you put college basketball on uh, opposite NBA. I'm watching college basketball 95 percent of the time. I won't watch Pepperdine St. Mary's, but I I'll watch either. I'll watch two decent teams. I'd watch Gonzaga St. Mary's. Yeah, Gonzaga's interesting. Gonzaga's interesting. Speaking of weird time games, did you see that ESPN's not doing the marathon anymore, the 24-hour? Why? I don't know, but we can't wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and watch basketball. Disappointed. And you're disappointed. I mean, I like being able to watch when I woke up at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And have it on in the studio all day. Yeah. Something to talk about. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Not anymore. What else you got for us, Max? Uh, Why are the Yankees not, or why are the Yankees starting... Tanaka and not Sonny Gray. So here's the I thing. don't have a good answer. Here's the thing with that. Okay, I know we all anticipated Tanaka was going to start Game Three and then come back in Game Seven. The way that they have it set up now, because I agree, we were all surprised. Tanaka goes Game One. He still gets to pitch at home in Game Five, and then should this go to a Game Seven, the way they have it now, CC goes in Game Seven. Sure. And you just saw CC pitch a do or die game, and he pitched pretty well. Yeah. So I think I, you know, I believe their thinking is all right. Tanaka's on full rest. He's pretty good. Even if he doesn't pitch well on the road, we get him at home, and you know, Game Five is going to be a critical game one way or the other, whether they're facing well, if, elimination or if not. If you get to a Game Five, right? 
That's yeah, the other. That's in the theory, other thing. Okay. Like in theory, in if theory, you get it sounds there, great. Okay. Do you really think no, either not team's going to get swept? No, no, no I don't no. believe that either. And I don't think you can manage like that. Like, oh, we're going to throw them out there to avoid the sweep. Like, I don't think you you play to win, right? Yeah. I mean, you play to win the game. Yeah. So I, I I get it from that standpoint. I know we were all surprised. We assumed it would be Tanaka in three and seven, but the way they set it up, you got CC in seven. Uh, should it get that far? And now you've got Tanaka in, in game five, which is a critical game. So uh, uh, honestly, I'm fine. My bigger question also is is what happened to Sonny Gray because he's now going to go right, twelve days. He's now going to go twelve days between starts. He started game one. He wasn't that good, um, and, and you just kind of wonder he wasn't that good in his last start the regular season. Is there something wrong with him? Like, is, is there a legitimate health thing? Is it? I know Tanaka for three years. I know CC for eight. And we talked about this the other day. For eight weeks. We talked about this the other day Which with the it? confidence factor. And the, well, I'm not going to go with Dylan Batanzas. I'm going to go with Arolas Chapman for six outs because right. I trust him more. Right. I think Which, it comes down way, to the trust factor. By the way, fair. Like, I can't blame a guy for saying, I know Tanaka for four years. I know CC for eight years. I know him for eight weeks. Like, I, I can't blame Girardi for thinking that way. I'm just curious if there is something more or if that is really what it is. Do you think Sonny will come out of the bullpen if Tanaka gets in trouble? Do you think he's, no. the, he's the first guy to go? No, or do you I think, think they just keep going with the guys? They announced they've him as with. the Game 4 starter. And we I saw, think he's starting Game 4. We saw what happened in the wild card game when Severino got into trouble. They didn't turn to a starter. A starter. Went, right. Well, they, and if, if they're going to if they're going to turn like, to a starter out of the bullpen, it'll be Jaime Garcia or Jordan Montgomery, not right. it's not, not someone be, in their rotation. Correct. Right. Okay. And I mean the whole like Chad Green thing. I I don't know what's going on with that. Like I, I don't know if Girardi's just losing confidence in him or maybe like maybe. But he hasn't pitched since game two when he allowed a grand slam. Right. Like, is there something mental going on there? Like, who knows? Like, I mean, I I think also in the in the game. Uh, the game five, uh, Robertson pitched so well and was able to conserve pitches so well that through an, a, an inning and two thirds, through the two innings that he got through, he had thrown like ten pitches. Yeah, it's like it didn't make sense not to put him back out there. So I think that also played into it. Um, I, I would imagine that Green could have gotten into that game or Canley. So I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into that. Well, what? okay. One more Yankees regarding before we go. Uh, what are you going to do with Aaron Judge if he continues to struggle? I'm Leave obviously him. no, obviously not bench him. <laughs> I wasn't saying that, but do you move him around in the lineup a little bit? Do you move him and Gary switch him maybe? Like I don't think so. You just keep him in the I same think, spot. I think you have to because uh, the rest of the lineup is kind of doing what you need to yeah. do, you know. And and the DH spot, you haven't gotten anything out of either. Um, I did like, and, and I, I understand why they made the move and put D.D. third and Gary fourth. I like the idea of Harry, having Aaron Judge backed up by Gary Sanchez a lot more than having Aaron Judge backed up by D.D. Gregorius. Um, so maybe that's the move to make once again. But um, I, I don't think you can do anything with him. I think you just leave him and let him work this thing out and, and hope that he picks up a big hit. It's a bad time to be slumping if you're Aaron Judge. But is, I mean, he has the same time. Good starters. The offense has yeah. picked him up. We saw this happen once already this season where he went through that that tremendous drought after the All-Star break and after winning the Home Run Derby, and he figured it out. And I realize he's got a short amount of time to figure it out this time around. I got to think, though, that, that he's going to, you know, to Seth's point, I think he's going to have a, a big hit or two or more yeah. than that in this series. He's too good not to. Um, and, you oh, know, yeah, he, I, I he faced totally good agree. pitching and he was in a little bit of a funk last series. But we've seen this before that the strikeout bug 
it, it it's hit him all year long, but it doesn't seem to bother him. It doesn't phase him. He's able to bounce back from it. So, uh, yeah, I think you just, you, you know, you dance with the, the girl you brought, you, you leave him out there, and, you know, you hope that he finds a way. But, no, I don't, I don't think you move him around at this point. I think, you're, you know, if you're Joe Girardi, you stick with what's, with, with what's been working. I mean, you beat the best team in the in American Bay, League, yeah. right, even right. though he did nothing. But to your right. point, you say you stick with what's working, and Seth brought up the DH spot, which clearly has not well, been Holiday's working. Well, probably going to start Right, tonight. I'm saying yeah. how, like, can we please just put Matt Holiday in the DH? Like, yeah, I, I'm not please. saying he doesn't. Like, I'm not suggesting he doesn't make any adjustments. I'm saying with Aaron Judge and the oh, top no, of the right. order, yeah, no. just leave it the just way it is. It. Right. right, but then Seth brought up the DH, and I was just thinking how Gardner, bad Headley was. Because Gardner's doing fine, and Didi's doing good, and and Starlin's been you know whatever. Like I don't want to mess with the the top of that lineup. And if you're changing your DH, you're just plugging in another guy in that same eight hole. You know, you're right? Not, that's you're not. Yeah. You're not moving it around. You're not moving anybody else around. You're just putting a different name in that slot in the order. All right. That was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amour CPAs located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amour CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amour CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. One final time out, we'll wrap up a Friday edition of Orange Nation right after this on ESPN Radio. The home of the Giants. Play fake, Manning pops it, throws it over the middle, completes it underneath. Odell Beckham Jr. racing into the end zone for the touchdown. He turned on the Jets on the slant. Giants football is brought to you by Burdick Lexus. Third and goal from three. Manning out of the gun, takes the snap, he's back to throw. He has time, throws it to the end zone, touchdown Giants. The home of the Giants. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Don't just watch the games this weekend. Make money on them. Get in the action at mybookie.ag and cash in on your winning picks. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports.